Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the Friday Show, the show that thinks Arsenal should try playing with a proper left-back. Uh, we're looking back, forward and all over the place after a packed festive period. Who are the turkeys? Who are the perfect roasties? Uh, no, this isn't working. So without further ado, we've got two big hitters in, guys who understand that Brussels sprouts are a necessity on Christmas Day and bread sauce is an abomination. It's Ali and Jordan. Uh, good morning, Ali. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well indeed, thanks, Howard. It's good to be here. Yeah. Did you uh, have a good good Christmas period? You know what? I had an absolutely lovely Christmas period. Uh, it began last Friday, which uh, my birthday is on the 22nd, so I had the uh, great pleasure of enjoying City winning the World Club Cup on my birthday with my family around me, <laughs> and that kind of kicked off the uh, the Christmas weekend, uh, and I managed to stretch out for a full week, and the best part was on Boxing Day, uh, my wife took uh, both my kids and my granddaughter off to her uh, family, so my in-laws, uh, and there was no space in me for the car, so I had no choice but to stay <laughs> behind with a couple of crates of beer and about 12 football matches on the telly uh, and a mountain of cheese and chocolate, uh, and I basically just sat like Garfield for about 48 hours uh, in front of the football and it was marvellous <laughs> I should have gone with lasagna for the full effect but actually just like leftover Christmas trimmings basically well that sounds terrible so I commiserate oh it was honest. hell hell guys I tell you oh, I loved I'd loved Boxing Day I don't think I moved at all to be honest <laughs> except for the toilet and yeah I was just like for so long it's like been busy right up to Christmas I'm saying I'd penciled off Boxing Day as like be the biggest slob you want to be and don't worry about it and I was kind of glad City weren't playing as well to be honest so yeah. and just finally the big question Brussels sprouts yes or no oh yeah yeah, definitely. I'm not allowed them on Christmas Day, but yeah, so they're great. <laughs> Why aren't you allowed them? Well, I'm guessing everyone, no one else <laughs> in the family wants them. I guess so. They're just I don't Make know. Your own, Howard. You know, don't don't <laughs> settle for that. Actually, it's yeah. Christmas. I'm going to bring you up next year. Actually, I demand that I get to choose some vegetables. It's only fair, is it not? So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, Joe. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Sorry I butted in before my introduction, but I, I was outraged by the lack of Brussels sprouts. <laughs> um, We're all on board, on the same page here then, yeah? Yeah, I mean, they have to be done, like, well. They have to be, for me, they have to be really soft. I think put, Brussels sprouts put them on the boil no, in no, September. No, 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 no. Put them on the boil in September, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ali, I'm not giving you a chance to come back at this. You just have to settle for my opinion. Also, bonus points, if you really want to spruce them up with some bacon or pancetta bits yeah. in there I've, I've got absolutely no problems with that um but yeah definitely and i've never had bread sauce so howard we're we're totally aligned which is <laughs> a great start to the podcast however exactly. i did think you were going to use the opportunity to fire some shots back at steve tudor after his outrageous introduction in yesterday's review pod i i actually wrote it into this intro then chickened out the last did you Turkey out more like that's turkey really out, cool. yeah. Chicken, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, as I said on Twitter, I don't know what he said because I don't tend to listen to Steve's podcasts. So. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, it was really bad. So yeah, it was and our resident referee got it in the neck as well. What's he done to to get the wrath <laughs> of Steve? It, to, to put it um, succinctly, it wasn't very Christmassy, right? <laughs> Well, it's been noted, let's put it that way. So. 
I'm the sort of person who'll wait eight years with a small grudge and then put it into an <laughs> intro in 2032 just to get my own back and everyone will go, why has he suddenly done that? So, <laughs> so what's your back, Steve? <laughs> anyway, Jordan, how was your Christmas? Yeah, it was lovely. Uh, biggest thing for me, I would say, is actually the the Christmas dinner and it was delicious. So mm. uh, no complaints there. Um, yeah, is this period not Christmas, would you say? I know that, that's probably a controversial topic we could do the whole podcast on, but you know, I, I'm world. still wishing people a, a Merry Christmas at the moment. I honest, honestly don't know what day it is most of the time during this period. So. <laughs> <laughs> Only because we're doing this show do I know it's a Friday. So. Yeah, uh, a Friday show know. is useful for that, isn't it? I don't know, it's such a weird week, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's very enjoyable, though, I think, this week, mm. so. Because you have an excuse to do nothing, even though I have done some stuff, but you have, you have that excuse if you don't want to, so, yeah. Are you a fan of New Year's Eve, then? Not massively, not massively. You know, I'm getting old now, Howard, I'm 27. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm only playing. That was uh, that was deliberately designed to get a side. No, I, 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 think, I, I think it's just a vehicle, really, to to a night out and if you don't really fancy the night out then it's just a bit of a nothing day so we're staying in this new year's eve we're not doing anything Mm. major um but yeah i mean generally it's a bit of a cliche to say new year's eve's a letdown but generally i think it is you wake up on new year's day with a hangover some people it's tradition i'm giving it a miss this year ali scarred for my younger years of being charged £20 to get in somewhere that wasn't free every other day of the year, where the prices of the drinks have tripled, and then try and... And it would be somewhere absolutely terrible, like 21 Piccadilly, and then having to walk home eight miles at 5am because there's no taxis anyway. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible night unless you go around to someone's house, in which yeah. case it's great. Though last year, we'd drawn at home went to someone's house, but we'd just drawn one all against Everton, so I was in a right grump until <laughs> at least 10pm. So City managed to ruin last year's. Please don't do it this year, City. I know it's a day earlier, but yeah, <laughs> do, do the business. So uh, any of you get any City-related presents then? I was thinking about it. I saw that in your uh, notes for the day, and I think it's the first year in about 10 years I haven't had any sky blue tat in my stocking or, or anywhere at all. My uh, my 15-year-old, who's uh, a bit short on inspiration for Christmas presents, always asks me, what do I want for Christmas? And I tell him to get me some Christmas tat. And then about two weeks before Christmas this year, he was like, do you know, like, the last five years I bought you a city scarf, a hat, a badge, a key ring? And I was like, yes, and they, those were all my best presents, mate. Keep it up. <laughs> he, uh, he he abandoned that habit this year, and, and no, I've I, I've had a completely uh, uh, city tat bereft Christmas this year. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't think I ever get city related stuff because I think it's assumed that I probably own anything I really want <laughs> city related. So, what about you, Jordan? Yeah, nothing uh, city related. Last year, I did get a really nice framed print of the Manchester Bee in city colours, which Ooh. was uh, which was a really nice one. But yeah, nothing city related this year. So I don't know whether people around me are trying to give me a subliminal message to stop giving it so much importance in my life. <laughs> but uh, it's not working. That's why. That's why I'm doing it's this. Not, 
dropping hints to the family about the Gingerwig site because there's there's plenty of stuff on there I'd be That's happy true. to be yep. bought for Christmas, yeah. So it's definitely not tat. So if I just drop it into a conversation over the next year, then maybe I'll get some good stuff next uh, Christmas. So there are lots of... And if anyone from Gingerwig is listening, we'll have some freebies happily. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if he wants, if it, we're looking for a sponsor for the Friday show, so we'd like <laughs> to sponsor the Friday show. <laughs> Give us a call. Yeah, we're, we're open to uh, communication. Anyway, let's talk football. And before we talk City, Jordan, I'll start with you uh, and talk to Ali, of course, as well. What a look! It's been absolutely packed. The last weekend was like. The Carlsberg of football results in a way it went. It went pretty damn good. It's such a good feeling when most results go your way. Even better when City don't even play themselves. It's like, wow, uh, we've just become more favourites for the title without actually playing. But let's look at the midweek as well. What did you think of the of the action overall? Before we dig down, do you actually feel better about City winning the title now? compared to, say, Monday night? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think before we went away to the Club World Cup, the narrative was that City could be 12 points behind before they play next. And oh, yeah. um, now we're, we're five points behind, three points behind Arsenal with a game in hand, which, I, I mean, I don't really know how it's happened, to be honest with you. <laughs> how has that happened? <laughs> I mean, it's simple maths. You get three points for a win, one for a draw, and this is where we're at, so. Yeah, I mean, we'd won one in six recently, um, and now, I mean, for me, all of a sudden, having felt a bit of doom and gloom as recently as half-time in the Everton game, it feels like we're favourites again. In my mind. Yeah, but um, Arsenal lost at Villa, drew at Liverpool, lost home to West Ham. So, you know, <laughs> it, it works both ways, doesn't it? So, if Yeah, the, the West Ham result is the only one that's that's actually outrageous out of those ones, though. I mean, I, I did not see that coming last night. Yeah, I, let's I talk that about that. Did you watch it at all? Or? Yeah, I, I, I was, was out, flicking so, between yeah. um, Spurs and Arsenal thanks to that beautifully staggered Amazon Prime kickoff time, which <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't, I think that's the last time for three years I read or something like that. At least that there's going to be games on Amazon. Is that correct? Do we know? I don't think they've got any deal. I'm not sure, but yeah. how do they know that there'll be one in three years then? Or is it they don't? It's just the next at deal? least three years. All oh, right, yeah. So they've obviously not picked. Well, yeah, the new deal was announced recently. Once it Sky got tons, so I assume they just yeah. haven't bid for it. So uh, yeah, well. I was flicking between Spurs and Arsenal, and the Spurs game was difficult to turn off itself because that was, yeah, as I expected, a brilliant game of football. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just did not see no. Arsenal losing to West Ham. I, I really could not see it happening. Um, of course, there had to be some sort of VAR fury. Um, but all in all, West Ham it was out, deserved the win. It was out, wasn't it? But if you can't prove it, then they have... Their hands are tied in a way. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it it just looked out, but it wasn't conclusive, was it? You can't. Yeah, no one could it's look got at that. To and be go, conclusive, That's definitely yeah. out, especially with what we know about or what we've seen with you know the spheres of the ball um, and the different angles. It might have looked out on that angle that we saw, but they weren't able to go actually above the ball and see that it was definitely out. So 
I'd, I'd, you know, as much as I, c- I can f- understand why Arsenal fans would feel hard done by by that goal, I, I feel like they just they couldn't. They, they they had no choice but to let the goal stand um, because they couldn't have a clear view of of the ball at the time that it was kept or, or put back into play. Mm. And were they unlucky thereafter, or was it an impotent performance from them? No, they weren't unlucky because they knew what they were doing when they signed Gabriel Jesus. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And Zinchenko. (laughs) They were warned. No offence to Gabby because I I love him and I think he's absolutely brilliant and a a top footballer. Um, But he had two absolutely brilliant chances. Um, Saka had a really good one in the first half as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he did did what, unfortunately, we've come to know with... Gabby and um, yes, yeah, missed the, missed when he should have scored. I think there was one that he headed straight at the keeper, and there was one that he he put over the bar from a few mm. yards out with a header. Yeah, second and half. Yeah. That that's that's why he's not starting up front for for the treble winners, and that's why he had to move to Arsenal. Personally, yeah. I, I would I would still have a bit of concern about Arsenal. I still think they are our main title contenders, actually, because um, I still think they looked good yesterday. The way that they sustained pressure um, is very impressive, and they did look capable of scoring. And I, I'm more concerned about them than I am Liverpool, but I would be particularly concerned if they thought, right, we're not going to win the league with Jesus' striker. Let's stick him out left wing, because Martinelli's not um, firing at the moment either. And let's go and sign Tony or Osimhen yeah. in January. That I think big, that would be would make them more serious. A big signing in January, yeah, would change my opinion. I think you've just triggered a pet hate. I just remember now for the commentary when Saka hit the post. I went, "What?" I'm sure the commentator went, "Great shot from Saka," and I'm just there going, "It's not a great shot. He hit it. <laughs> it wasn't on target from about four yards out." And it's like I hate it when they say "great shot" with anything that. I either misses the target or or hits the post. Cannot in in my opinion, especially for if inside the air would be a great shot. So I'm I'm anyway, gonna hold got, you to that. I'm gonna hold you to that when we talk about Phil Foden later today. Uh yeah. <laughs> I, I have this really pet hate. I mean Roger was doing it all night of hit players hitting the ball over the bar. Now of course it happens, you know. <laughs> you can't always get it on top. But for some reason it just makes me really angry all the time. We've been hitting a lot of shots over the bar in recent weeks. Big I mean really ballooning them over the bar. I know I'm I'm backtracking now, Alec, because if you hit it from thirty five yards and it rifles off the post, I would probably have to accept that was a pretty good shot to be honest. <laughs> Maybe I should say from inside the penalty area anyway. So uh, Ali, what about you? Do you see Arsenal yeah, like, or do Arsenal Liverpool as a main threat? Well, um I think I see Liverpool as the the most likely challengers to City. Uh, They just look to have a little bit more steel to them than Arsenal. Uh, But neither of them, neither Liverpool nor Arsenal, look fully right to me. Uh, Said at the beginning of the season, I don't trust Liverpool's defence, and I still don't. And their much heralded midfield that came in and started playing really well at the start of the season uh, with uh, Sobersly and McAllister and whoever else they brought in, uh, they're not quite looking as as magnificent now as they were earlier in the season. So I don't think Liverpool are, are terrifying at the moment. Um, 
Likewise, I, I don't feel that Arsenal are as, uh, what's the word? They're, they're not like purring smoothly the way they did last year. Uh, I mean, I remember they were at, at the turn, 19, 19 games in, they had, they had 50 points this time last year. Um, and so, you know, we, we chased them down then, uh, and I've got no doubt now, but I, I always really struggle to, talk about favourites and, and probabilities yeah. and stuff until we get to about the beginning of March. Uh, it's just there's, you know, we haven't even got to the halfway point yet. We're still on, on 18. Uh, and it's really, you know, when, when we've got 10 games to go and you can look and you're three points behind, five points behind, it, it's uh, easy to judge. But at this stage, so much could happen. And as we saw with, you know, the Arsenal-West Ham game last night, uh, th this league is incredibly hard to call. Uh, it is, it's probably the most competitive Premier League that I can remember for a long, long, long time. Well, and I've put it in the notes, top mm -hmm. to bottom, question mark. Would you agree yeah. with that? I think top to bottom, yes. I think uh, the top four, top six are probably not quite as accomplished at the moment, first half of the season, as they have been in some recent years. And I uh, must... Uh, include Manchester City at the absolute top of that uh, but none of the top four are quite fully uh, sparking at the moment but I think the quality of, of teams 10 to 20 is higher than it's ever been uh, you know, it, this has been true for the last few years but when you look at the, the clubs in the bottom three, bottom five um, Luton are really good uh, Burnley mm. have been have been misfiring most of the first half of the season, but you can see they've got a lot of good players and they could turn it around really quickly. Uh, we'll talk about Sheffield United later. Uh, they're they're absolutely bottom of the heap, but I still worry about them because they've got enough quality that that they can turn anyone over. So you know that that level of depth and, and competitiveness all the way through uh, is just. Um, People talk about how Manchester City have apparently been killing football since 2008. Like, well, I'd like to know what it looks like when it's healthy. You know, because yeah. that's, the, the, the Premier League really is a fantastic competition at the moment. It, it really is the, the best in the world. Well, here's a philosophical question, Ali, very quickly. If City won the title 20 years in a row, but had to miraculous comebacks on the last day of the season to do it, is football competitive or not? <laughs> I mean, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, I've had that exact philosophical argument with other people. Right? When when uh, when we talk about how the Premiership has supposedly been a, a one horse race for you, well, no, it hasn't. It's been a two, well, at least a two horse yeah. uh, race pretty much every season. The the most one horse race we've ever seen was when Liverpool ran away with it and, and we couldn't keep up with them. Um, but pretty much every time we've won the title, uh, it's been absolutely nail biting to the end, and that well, is what. You want. Yeah. I, I am sorry if you're a Man United fan or a Liverpool fan or an Arsenal fan and you don't want to see Man City uh, winning every year. I can fully understand that and I can quite understand why the, the neutral would like a lot of different clubs to be winning from one year to the next. That makes perfect sense. But in terms of the competitiveness, no, it, it, it doesn't matter who's winning. What matters is that it's still being fought for and the, you know, up to the last minute of the last game of the season. Mm. Uh, Jordan, just finally look at the title race as a whole. Uh, African Cup of Nations, Asia Cup. Have I said that right? Uh, in January. So, got the list of players here. Manchester City, no players. Uh, Arsenal, not do too bad. El, El Nene, Partey, remember him? 
Tomiyasu is away. It's a bit of a loss for them. And Liverpool, of course, Matip, Salah, Endo are away. January's a weird month. There's, there's a winter break. There's two rounds of the FA Cup, I think. So there's not that many games. But do you think that'll have an effect on this? Losing Salah will have an effect on Liverpool in this title race? Yeah. I think particularly Liverpool. Liverpool, for the past, what, six or seven years, have been the ones who suffered the most, really. <clears throat> and... um yeah, Arsenal, I think Tommy Yasu's injured at the moment anyway. Mm. Partey and um, Alneni don't really play for them. Liverpool, Matip's done his ACL, so he's not going. Um, but Endo, I guess, is their only option of a more solid six, if you want to call him that, you know, more traditional defensive midfielder. And Salah is their talisman. Um, I don't think that quite as reliant on him this season, uh, or at least no. it doesn't seem seem that way although you know he he scored a brilliant goal against Arsenal um out of nowhere and their the rest of their forward line isn't exactly firing at the moment so i think liverpool will definitely be the ones to suffer the most um in fact so they've got Ars- liverpool have got arsenal away in the cup of course on 7th of january uh they've got the the Carabao Cup semi-final two legs as well, which is probably an inconvenience for Klopp in a way, uh, and Bournemouth away. So and Chelsea at home on the end of January. So, but they've got Arsenal away in the league on the fourth of February as well. So, I think it's the Carabao Cup as much as anything that could be restricted to them because he has to play some first teamers, and of course we know. That can have a bigger, you know, a double two-legged semi-final in the cup plus the FA Cup and a big game can be uh-huh. a big, big problem for utilising the squad in a season where injuries across the board have been huge for teams. Have they not? So, who have they got in the Carabao Cup semi-final? Yeah, Fulham. Ah, it could be worse. I mean, could be worse. Yeah, isn't it? I think who who was in it last year? Newcastle. I think if we'd have beaten Southampton, we'd have had Newcastle two legs, and that would have been a bit of a pain. Um, Fulham, I think you can you can live with. Although, I mean, it's travel distance for English teams. That's that's a pretty far journey from Liverpool to Fulham. It's not ideal, but yeah, I think I think I just think uh, Americans listening to us now like laughing at that. <laughs> yeah. Not that I disagree with you, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have I mean, to fly it, eight it, hours to do a, a league game. Yeah, so. yeah, it's not too bad, but yeah, Sal- Salah could be a massive blow for them, and, and it plays into my thinking as to why I'm still not really taking Liverpool that seriously at the moment. I've not seen en- enough from them in terms of how they're playing. Uh, to worry me. That's but, that's what's underlying my thinking. But they've got the points on the board. So Yeah, it's a set to Ace Sam this week because he said the same. They haven't lost, apart from that rather controversial match that we won't dredge back up. So Is that their only loss this season? I think so, yeah. Blimey. Mm. They're so not that go. good. No, <laughs> we will see. Right, let's talk City. Ali, let's get straight into it. Phew. Exclamation mark. Uh, how big a relief was that result in performance against Everton? Uh well performance particularly. Uh I'm in I'm I'm uh I adhere to the Howard Hawking philosophy of must win games. Um so you know, <laughs> That's not whether, me. We, <laughs> whether we Don't uh, let whether we tell it, you that <laughs> whether you know whether we drop points or not, we, uh, it was not crucial. Um 
but the I I can't deny our premiership form had been causing me increasing concern. Mm. Um, that's not completely alleviated because my real worry about the way we've been playing in recent weeks, couple of months now really, is not so much about how we play over the 90 minutes it's about the lapses of concentration yeah. that we've been getting on one or two, occasionally three or four occasions in a, in a match um, and we did have one of those again in the first half I, mean, I'll, I won't go into the, their goal just now, we'll come back to that um, but you know, it, we had an appalling lapse of concentration as a team uh, which put us 1-0 down and, and you know, Phil Foden in his interview after said and you know, it felt oh here we go again and yeah I, I did get that uh, so the fact that we came out absolutely on somewhere very close to the top of our game in the second half that was a huge relief uh, yeah. you know Obviously, getting getting the point it does matter. Um, but actually, you know, other than that, really, uh, there was a, about a minute before their goal, and then probably the I don't know how many minutes were left in the first half. The ten minutes after that, we looked a bit shaky yeah, going up to half time, uh, and I think we'd we'd been a bit rocked by losing the goal again. But then we came out in the second half and were absolutely on it. So the fact that we are able to lift our game to the levels that we did in the second half does make me feel a lot better about going into January. Well, yeah, let's talk about that goal, uh, Jordan. The shrieking at half-time online. Uh, silly me for delving in, but justified in a way. It just feel like we're going through the same process of previous games this season. I think this was the seventh time we've gone behind this season, which for some teams isn't that much, really. You know, you've got two teams, one will go behind, or but for City, that's a lot. And the yeah. nature of the think, goal, of course, as Ali touched on, was just like, oh, not again. It's like mistakes, mistakes. They didn't have to do anything. It was their first attack. It's like, oh, here we go again. Did you, was it totally justified the negativity at halftime that City fans were showing? Uh, well, I was one of the halftime shriekers, I think. So, um, <laughs> well, I, I felt justified. <laughs> I yeah. felt justified at the time. Um, I, I mean, you can only just... comment. I joked at full time, delete the tweets. I wasn't being serious. You can only comment on the situation at the time. It doesn't matter what happens thereafter. If it was correct at the time, it's correct at the time, is it not? So? Yeah. And of course, I deleted my tweets. It's called quality control. So... <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's admin. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You just got you got, you got to throw some stuff at a wall and see if it sticks, and that didn't stick. So. No, it felt quite gloomy at, at half time. I felt. Um, <laughs> I agree with Ali uh, in terms of, you know, I actually think we've played fairly well in terms of um, overall performance throughout the 90 minutes, but we, we're not attacking well enough. We're not attacking their box well enough, and we're not defending our own penalty box well enough. Um, mm. And that continued to be the case. I mean, you say we've been behind in seven Premier League games this year. I think there was an outrageous stat towards the end of last season that we'd only spent about 20 minutes behind in three months. Yeah, so, yeah. And I think it was Madrid away. No, there yeah. was two games, two games, Madrid away, and then, of course, we equalised. And Liverpool at home, they went ahead, didn't we? And we won 4-1. Yeah. I think it was however minutes in those two games were the only time in three or four months that we were behind in matches. That's another exactly. reason that was the actual peak of Manchester City's football in history, I would say, those couple of months. Yeah, and I remember doing these pods and listening to these pods and 
the the talk at the start of the season was dominated by look we feel really confident going into games because you're going to have to score against us and you're probably going to have to score two against us mm. because we tend to score little did we know it's actually quite easy to score against us at the moment um well, and sorry that period early in the year i think after the 4-2 against spurs i think we only we conceded more than one once in about 45 games as well yeah and then so yeah now, that now was then. everyone's this scoring is now us. yeah yeah, I mean, we conceding two at home to Crystal Palace, um, conceding who away weren't even team. attacking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. had half of their players missing, so yeah. we just feel very fragile. And at halftime, we did feel very fragile. You know, the goal was frustrating in the sense that we spend all half trying to break down a team, um, and you know, when we do, we don't take the chance, the, the Nunes chance early on, and. Their first opportunity, they they win the ball back thanks to some sloppy play by a number of players. Um, I don't mm. think I don't think a number of players covered themselves in glory during that. Bernardo, Akanji, Walker, Rodri, um, all probably at fault in some way. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just such an easy chance in the end, isn't it? It's just not uh, totally unmarked in the six yard box. Uh, turns it in and it just felt like the sort of game that we weren't going to win like if we're being really honest I, I think that was a this is really random but there was a point where we had a corner and the ball sort of rolled out of the corner box whatever the name for that is and it looked so windy I was like god this is just not a game you want to go one nil down in. like this is not the sort of game <laughs> stormy where... night at Goodison it's like oh, them booing yeah. every single thing they don't get as per usual it's like yeah, this has got this is bring back memories of games we've lost in the past in a way. Yeah, and then Stones goes off injured, who for me is our most important defender, um, at least from a tactical point of view, if not being the best defender we've got. Um we're missing our I would say three out of our four most individualistic attackers in the sense that they are the guys that you'd look to to make something happen out of nowhere in De Bruyne. Doku and Haaland you know only Phil really is the guy in that front four yesterday if you want to call it that mm. it wasn't yesterday was it two days ago um who who could make something happen out of nowhere Bernardo Jack Alvarez generally I feel they perform best when the rest of the players around them are performing well whereas the four of Foden De Bruyne Doku and Haaland can just get you a goal out of nothing so I, I, things felt really bleak at half time for me. I, I just, I just didn't like the way that the game was going. I didn't see where we were going to score two goals from, and also, you know, an eye on Arsenal, who I thought had a really easy home fixture. But it just goes to show, like you can never, can never write City off, and you can never write the Premier League off for for providing upsets. Because now, as we sit here today, I, I couldn't really have imagined the situation would have been in. Um, yeah, I get at half time in the Everton game. Uh, just reading, Ali, just reading Jack Gorn article. We don't really know about John Stones yet. Uh, ankle injury left the ground with a protective boot on, which, you know, could be ca just being cautious. He's uh, been, been quoted, Jack Gorn, by an aggregator saying, first thoughts it might be weeks not months but we don't know and I don't know 
no offense to the aggregators, but <laughs> cherry picking. <laughs> uh, I'd rather read the full uh, article. Yeah, yeah. And I guess even you know Jack is very reliable. Still won't know the full picture. We'd uh, yeah. probably have to wait to the press conference later today, or maybe just wait days until we know for sure. And there's been tests, but that as as Jordan said, just it's been out most of the season. He's come back such a huge blow to have him out if it is a few weeks it's probably the best time again because January FA Cup blah 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 two rounds winter break uh, and you would hope we can beat Sheffield United anyway yeah we can't use him being out as an excuse for that if we don't but if he is out for quite a long time that's a huge blow to City stating the obvious really is it not it's devastating for City but particularly for Joan Stones who's feeling exactly, gutted yeah. for the lad um, he's had such a hard year and I mean it's we should be aware that this time last year, we had no idea what our best back four was, what defence we were trying to play. And it was really only after those uh, the head-to-heads with Spurs in around February that Pep settled on a, a, a defensive formation that really worked and clicked into gear and we started producing those results. So while I'm constantly worried about basically what poor form all our defenders are in, uh, I also don't think um, John Stones had been anywhere near his own best since he's come back from his previous injury uh, and we've been kind of muddling through at the back anyway uh, and I guess we'll continue to do that. Um, I'm actually, I was thinking this anyway, but I'm I'm really worried about Akanji's form. Uh, We've all been worried about Diaz's form all year. Uh, I will say while we're on the topic, I think Ake was magnificent again last night mm. and he's been by far our mm. best defender all season. Um, yeah. And Guardiol uh, at least in his defensive duties, I'm really happy with Guardiol. He's, he's come in and he's, he's looked perfectly solid uh, if not quite spectacular yet. Um, less fully convinced about him when he's going forward and his his final ball, I think needs a lot of work on. Uh, but you know, we we have got real issues at the back, and and I think we're going to have to hope that we get our forward line and Haaland back fit and firing, and and we start scoring a lot of goals because I think we need to assume that we're not going to be of many we're not going to have many clean sheets between now and the end of the season. Is going to be my assumption, uh, and yeah, needs must we. The the other point I I make though and we should always remember uh, is it's not just us you know, every team in the Premier yeah. League have got massive injury problems this year everyone's struggling, uh, a lot of teams including some of our rivals have got worse problems than we've got uh, so you know we kind of just have to take it in the chin a little bit uh, but mainly I'm just I'm, I'm gutted for Johnny Stones and what a, what a horrible stroke of luck for him um, and, and yeah that, I guess that's yeah. just football for you Fingers crossed it is just a few weeks, not yep. a few months. Cause... But, yeah, he has got, obviously, he's prone to injury. Uh, Jordan, do you have a, an issue with the, the obviously, protocol in a way that's linked to VAR of not putting a flag up from the assistant? Uh, Chris did say on WhatsApp that there was inconsistency in this game because the flag went straight up, I think, for a different incident in this game for one that was even closer he uh chris said and the linesman put his flag straight up on that occasion but didn't on this one but i mean people have always been saying well an injury will happen at some point but you're only talking about an extra five seconds so you can understand it was offside but it was wasn't it was blatant tight. off it wasn't blatant offside you can understand our uh, match officials will let var deal with that yeah, I've got no complaints. Um, I did speak to Chris briefly on Twitter about that. Um, mm. 
he says there has been some inconsistencies and I'm inclined to believe him with his expertise on the subjects. But for me, using my own eye test, uh, I can't recall too many incidents where a linesman has put their flag up prematurely um, and I've thought, wow, they're not let them play on. I think generally they are fairly good at that. Um, when they do put their flag up early, it tends to be a clear offside. I think it happened um, in the Champions League a few weeks. Porto, was it? I think it was Porto. The linesman put his flag up. The opposition team stopped. Well, it might be Benfica or Porto. Yeah. But you put it back down again. They, they scored, the team, and it had to be given because you can't disallow. And it's because he put his flag up then changed his mind and it was like yeah I can understand really why they just don't do anything but yeah. mm. I mean that yeah. that sounds like a freak incident though as well Like the, it, it was a freak incident yeah it's like, and that's why they don't put it up in a way it's like because yeah. the referee played the whistle did not go he put his flag up but I don't think the ref saw him do it so the game continued the opposition team kind of half stopped or they could claim they did it went into the net and the goal must be given because you play to the whistle. So, yeah, it, it, it can lead to these confusing situations because some, sometimes the flag goes up immediately. Sometimes you put, you're playing on and everyone knows that flag's going up at some point. So, but I mean, I, th- I think there's a factor that the linesmen uh, or the assistant referees are being told that if you're not 100% sure, keep your flag down. Yeah. And we have to allow for the fact that sometimes they'll, you know, they'll blink at the wrong moment or they'll be looking in the wrong direction. And there might be a, a, an offside call that looks like it's obvious, but for whatever reason, they're not entirely sure in their own mind. So they keep their flag down. Uh, and that's absolutely fine. They have to do that. We, you know, we all know how absolutely infuriating it is when a, a perfectly valid goal gets struck out because the referee's uh, erred on the side of putting his flag up. Uh, so, you know, the way it is, I mean, this thing that commentators have got, like, oh, a player's going to get injured when it was actually offside. Well, yeah, players get injured all the time. Players get injured getting out of the shower. You know, you just yeah, have to allow for John that. Stones and, does, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it is just, it's, it's one of the factors of VAR and it's not the worst thing about VAR. I think that's, that's yeah. actually one yeah. of the better, one of the better policies that they've In got. the long list of things. <laughs> exactly. We'll, we'll put, yeah. We'll put that quite far down. Uh, shout out to Edison for a great save as well at 1-0. I mm-hmm. think from Harrison again. Uh, yeah. I think he's been sloppy recently, not on his goal line, more just uh, rushing out and doing Edison things. Uh, got away with it. One that was offside, of course, in the uh, the Club World Cup. Second half, Jordan then. And Ali, obviously, I'll let you both talk about, did you see that coming? I would say that was one of the best halves you could hope for. Against an Everton side, yeah, missing a couple of players in midfield, Decore and Gay. But they're in great form. They're well organised. As you said, at Jordan, at half-time, it felt like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights. I was super impressed with that second half performance from City. Yeah, we were really good. Um, but I do think, you know, a moment of magic from Phil sparks that into life. Mm. You know, we we could have looked good in possession all half without scoring, but it's taken a 30-yard effort um, catching the goalkeeper out at his near post with an absolutely brilliant strike. Took, took a step to, his, uh, step to his right, didn't he? So. Yeah, yeah. Fatal um, error for a goalkeeper. And and that's what's won the momentum because Everton would have been prepared to let us have the ball and look yeah. good in possession for the whole half. Um, but we, you know, 
as I said, we were missing a lot of individual attackers who can just take a game by the scruff of the neck. And we needed Phil to step up in that moment because it didn't feel like anyone else was going to get us a goal out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, I think getting that goal quite early into the second half really calmed the nerves um, just on Phil and how brilliant he was. What I love about him is he's only 23, right? I, I think he's he's just turned 23 recently. He didn't really celebrate the goal. Hmm. You know, it, he didn't, he, he wasn't thinking, yeah, I've just scored a screamer. I'm hitting back at some central midfield critics. He scored a screamer. He's like, right, let's get, let's get going again. Yeah. He, he, you can see the leadership within him. You can see the perspective on the bigger picture. I mean, this lad has come through our academy just winning trophies nonstop. The, the, his trophy cabinet at his age is unbelievable. Almost and, as big as Julian Alvarez's trophy cabinet. <laughs> almost. Almost. Ah, um, but Phil's got a Carabao cup. Julian Alvarez will never sing that. Carabao. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but for Phil not to celebrate that goal really at all, he just turned around, like right back to the, the centre spot. Mm. Um, he knew there was still business to do. Yeah, he knew that we we still needed to go and get a winner. And he, I saw a clip of him actually on a, I think it was an in-house City podcast, talking about why he didn't celebrate in the Champions League final because the clip's been doing the rounds of everyone else goes <laughs> yeah. on to celebrate. Bill just walked back to the halfway line. I mean, it's it's almost a bit sociopathic, but. He his perspective on the game and his level headedness is is really impressive, and he really drove us to that win. He he grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck, and I think we've got Phil to thank. As good as the overall performance was in the second half, I think we've got Phil to thank for those three points. Yeah, in the centre, Ali uh, hit the post. Of course, seemed to pepper Pickford late on, which I really enjoyed because yep. I can't stand him. <laughs> Pickford, that is, not for Phil Foden. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely peerless performance, was it not? I think it may have been his best 45 minutes he's ever played for City. Just He was he was absolutely phenomenal. He was unplayable. Uh, he could have had a hat-trick. Um, that absolutely fantastic shot that hit the post, Howard. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll edit out the earlier comments. <laughs> I'll edit out. I said within the area... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll Footnotes. give you that one. Uh, yeah. But that, no, he, 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 as, as Jordan said a moment ago, he took the game by the scruff of the neck. He just said, we're having this. Um, he was all over the place. Uh, he, he barely put a touch wrong. Uh, the, the goal was fantastic. I mean, I think, I think the, um, the, the pops at Jordan Pickford for taking a step to his, uh, right were a bit unfair. I think most goalkeepers would expect most players to be like aiming into top bins and the far mm. post there. Uh, and that's what he was, you know, he had half an eye on. And just the, the, the crispness with which Phil hit that shot. I don't think he yeah, was it doesn't, there anyway. It doesn't spin, does it? It's one of those yeah. aesthetically pleasing Exactly, ones, you know. It, it, and the, the noise it made when it hit the back of the net, you know, it really yeah. cracked into the net at the back. That was going in comp whatever Pickford had done. So, uh, so I really don't like the way people kind of slightly diminished that goal. Um, he was he was magnificent. And as you say, it, it was more about what was going on in his head than what was what he was doing with his feet. Um, he just looked like a man who was not going to allow, uh, he was not going to allow us to, to lose that game. 
Uh, and it was, I, I mean, he's, we talk about his trophy cabinet at 23 years old. It was what I would call a captain's performance. Um, he really did say, right, this is my match and I'm going to show you like what, what we can do. Uh, absolutely loved it. He, he, uh, we, we've been talking all season about how good Phil has been. There's been, uh, he really has stepped up to the challenge of Kevin De Bruyne, uh, going out. And last night was kind of the pinnacle of that. He's, he's absolutely there. He is at the top of his game now. And we are very, very lucky to have him. Uh, Jordan penalty. Should we be surprised at the QAnon responses from rival fan bases to it being given? Do you think the law itself is harsh? I mean, it's a penalty under the laws, surely. I, I, I don't know, like, you, you do sort of expect anything with Twitter nowadays, you know, there's always going to be people having a go, but, I mean, I couldn't believe that there was such a big uproar about it. Come I mean, on, you it, can believe it really, can't you? <laughs> I mean, yes, in the context of everything else that goes on. Um, yeah, But, you Who know, if you're looking it? at that as an isolated penalty incident, every club would want that as a penalty and would be outraged if that wasn't given as a penalty. It's a shot. Okay, okay, it probably wasn't going in, as I later discovered after saying it was a goal-bound effort because it looked like it was going very high. But it's a shot from basically inside the 10-yard perimeter of the, of the box towards the goal, and he's got his arm outstretched above his head his hand is above his head at the time of contact. Yeah. It strikes the arm. It wasn't point blank range. He had he could he knew a shot was going to be taken there and he didn't have to have his hand like that. And it's it's blocked. I mean, you can tell from the reaction of the players. It's a clear handball. Um and yeah, I mean, the reaction of it has been ridiculous. It's just clearly a penalty in my mind. Um by the way, Phil's shot that led to Ake's shot was uh, a great strike as well from the edge of the box, yeah. leading to that leading to that penalty. But yeah, I, I thought it was a clear, clear penalty. I mean, I, I don't actually know what the logic would be for not giving that penalty. What that it's, it's too close, ball to hand. I mean, yeah. I, I listened to the review podcast yesterday, and Asan said in every decade that he's watched football. That would be a penalty. That is what it, it's a, it's a clear handball. I mean, if you really want to get into the handball rule, of course that needs changing. Of course it's a mess. Of course there's gray areas all over the place and no one really knows what constitutes a handball. Yeah. But I know that is a handball. Like there's just no debate. No, can I add no to that, Howard? You can debate what the laws should be or if they're harsh, but yeah. you can't debate that that isn't one under the current laws. It is. The thing that drives me mad about this, and we can talk about social media, but the people that are really driving this are the commentators on the telly. And uh, Alan Shearer, who I've got a lot of time for, I, I quite oh. like the guy generally. Mm. Uh, he was the worst defender yesterday. They, they basically did this routine where it's like, oh, look how close it is. He's only about a yard away. Uh, his arm's just where it has to be when you dive in. And uh, it, it's never a penalty. It's never a penalty. Of course, by the laws of the game, it probably is a penalty, but it's never a penalty and it's just guys come on like the, the laws of the game are what we're talking about here uh, and we can talk all day about what the laws should be and uh, whether they could be simplified whether they be clarified um, but I think there's a there's a kind of 1970s primary school 
understanding of the handball law, which is that uh, if it's intentional, then it's handball, and if it's not intentional, then it's not handball. And that is not the rule. I'm not sure if it's ever been the rule, but it's certainly not sure. now. Sean sure Dyche uh, did it after the match. Get, yeah. get going about it. It's not deliberate. It's not. It's like, shut Oh, you <laughs> moron. Uh, uh, deliberate. It's, something it's got nothing to do yeah, with absolutely. deliberate. It's like it's saying something... tackles aren't deliberate. It's like, doesn't matter. Yeah. You take someone out the kneecap yeah. accidentally, yeah. you're probably yeah. going to get sent off. Yeah, intention's irrelevant. Yeah, the amount of times you hear commentators talking about uh, what they think the spirit of the law should be and not bothering to inform anyone what the what the rules of the game actually say, uh, it drives me mad. It's an absolute pet peeve. Um, and Roberto Martinez that, after the game as yeah, well said... I know, yeah, yeah, they, 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 they all do him, it. He, Yeah, he said fo football people know that's not a penalty. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they, what a lie. Like, yeah. And, and this, this thing about we should change the law. I don't want the law changing to a point where that is not handball. Yeah. That is just clear handball. I don't know what more people want to see. You know, this picture of Rodri from Goodison two years ago that gets peddled out on social media all the time <laughs> was, wasn't even close to being a penalty compared to uh, two nights ago. Yeah. Like that, um, it's, it's winding me up. It's, it's such a clear penalty. What, what I will say is that the uh, the Odegaard one last week was definitely a penalty too. So that, when Sean awesome. yeah, when, when yeah, Sean Dyche said after uh, that, I I I I don't know what the law is anymore because when you look at what happened last week with with Arsenal Liverpool and then you look today, uh, why is one of them a penalty? Why? Okay, that's absolutely fair enough. But the problem there was the decision last week, not the decision last night. Uh, so yeah, yeah it's. Um, what I mean, what, what would help a lot? One thing I will say, what would help a lot is if they just said that the law is that the defending player or the the the, the, the player causing the offence must make every effort to keep his hand out the way of the ball. And if he doesn't make every effort to keep his hand out the, uh, hand out the way of the ball and the ball hits him, then it's a penalty. Because that is actually how they apply the, the law. That That's how it works in practice. And if they just said that in the laws, they would simplify things a lot and people might be able to get the get it into their heads what the law actually is. And if you watch Onana just before the penalty, just before the contact is made with his hand, when he goes to close down Ake, he spreads his arms like an eagle. Like he, he's, I don't know why he does it, but to me, it's the intention of making himself bigger and closing down the space. His arms are outstretched and then he brings them back in again. And then his arm goes up to, it's blocking the shot. I think the, the context of the situation has been lost with screenshots and people not fully watching the game. Because no. to me, it's as clear a handball as you will ever see. I actually no, think his intention yeah. isn't to keep his hands out of the way. Hmm. Well, it's probably one of those things to protect his face, but you can't do that. He's put his hands up. <laughs> so it is what it is. I have to say, they had a brilliant 15 minutes after in the pub after the match, taking the piss out of Sean Dice, which absolutely killed the fans <laughs> of about four of us. I can't, I can't do, I can't do impressions to save a life, but we're all just starting to go, no, okay, just go. <laughs> and we thought it was getting so and so, but absolutely fits of like, the man's an idiot. I mean, yeah, he, he, one of those, like, a lot of respect for him and what he's done, but one of those absolutely moans every week when something goes against his team. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, it was worth it for that anyway. Uh, my my girlfriend isn't a football fan, Howard, and uh, she was watching the post-match with me just because like, she was waiting to, for me to turn it off. And she, she was on her phone and she looked up and she went, does he always sound like that? <laughs> 
<laughs> just pure disbelief big, at his voice. Big fan of VAR. It's <laughs> <laughs> never a penalty. Start deliberate. <laughs> uh, moment of absolute brilliance from Bernardo Silva to uh, to cap it off and let me relax. Like, I didn't relax until there was 30 seconds left on the clock in injury time, I should say, because that's me all over. Uh, Pickford got off scot free in this game quite a lot, to be honest, because for that he was a mess. Uh, but st- very tough, still a really difficult finish under pressure from Silva. Uh, Ali, a certain journalist, but uh, secret rag John Bruin, I think it was, said it's time to accept Bernardo Silva is greater than David Silva. He didn't get many supporters with that comment. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I think that's a bit of a silly claim. Only not because he, it's not true, but only because the only reason anyone's talking about it is because they've got the same surname. Um, they're not the same player. They don't play often in the same position. Uh, they don't play in the same way. They're not really very comparable. Um, they're both absolutely phenomenal players in their own way. And we're again, phrase I used earlier, but he's again, we've been absolutely blessed to have both of them um i i bernardo i will love bernardo in a different way to the to the way i loved uh david i think i would put it that way um i had an admiration for david silva in that he played football in a way that nobody else i've ever seen quite had the same skill set and and uh, exercised it in the same way but probably the same is true of Bernardo as well. They're they're just different mm. players. Um, I, the 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 goal he scored last night was a, a wonderful strike. He didn't get enough credit for uh, how he how he took it, particularly under the pressure he was on. He was being fouled massively at the time. Uh, I didn't think he had his best game. He gave the way gave the ball away quite a lot last night, and it, it, it wasn't sticking to him in in the way it normally does with his uh, bubblegum nickname. Uh, and most obviously, he was he was you know one of the one one of the about half a dozen players who could have controlled the ball when uh, when Everton scored and, and didn't. He was the, uh, one of the offenders there. So yeah, he didn't have his best night, but that was an absolutely splendid goal. Uh, the, the other thing I'll say is I haven't seen any credit at all going to Julian Alvarez for that goal because when Pickford took a heavy touch, the speed with which Alvarez mm. closed him down, and I think got a little nick, I think the only reason the ball ended up at uh, Bernardo's feet was because Alvarez had maybe got a little glance on it. Uh, I'm not I'm never quite sure about that. But if nothing else, he, he certainly rushed Pickford into, into playing the ball. Um, and considering we were 2-1 up at the time and it was like the 87th minute or whatever it was, uh, the energy that Alvarez showed in, in closing him down at that moment was was just Julian all over and I loved that. So uh, credit goes there. Uh, but no, that, that goal, uh, you know, I started enjoying, fully enjoying the game with a big smile on my face from from like the 88th minute onward or whatever it was. And you got the impression that our team, and particularly Phil Foden did as well, he just kind of like the shackles came off and he had such yeah. fun uh, throughout you know, the last few minutes and injury time. Uh, Foden was just having such a blast out there and it was great to watch. So yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that goal in every possible respect, including uh, Jordan Pickford being made to look a bit of an arse. <laughs> a bit, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> full time, Jordan. Final word on this game, then we'll look forward. Uh, finish off by looking previewing the Sheffield United match. You could see what it meant at full time to the the team and Pep on that pitch. It felt like I'm not going to say turning point. There's no it's far too early in the season, and 
yeah, it's, it doesn't mean anything that really at this point. But I think it was clear to them what it what it meant and what was a really really tricky game. Yeah, because they'd they'd come through a lot of adversity to to get that result. As we said at half time, the situation was bleak. Stones out injured with with what looks to be quite a serious injury. Uh, conditions not in our favour. Tough place to go. Fans up for it. Um, basically. A puzzle trying to unlock an Everton defence that would be prepared to just not have the ball for an entire 45 minutes and we went from 1-0 down with with things going against us to to 3-1 up and what was a fairly convincing win in the end so yeah I, I was I was really pleased with it you could see how pleased Pep was with it uh in the post-match Gail Clichy was doing the analysis and I think he he was asked to ask Pep a question, but he basically went on a bit of a monologue about how this could be a turning point for City. Um, and Pep was just looking at him with adoration um, and just nodding ahead, nodding his head in agreement. I think he felt it was a really important result. And I think it's it's not just the football that we played because, you know, if that Calvert-Lewin chance goes in, we could be sat here having the same conversations that we had against Palace yeah. but, but they, City all thought it was offside but we we never got to see that yeah we never so. saw it did we yeah. but but I think for Pep what was most pleasing for him was the mentality and the character shown by the players you know we've had a tough period we've gone away to Saudi Arabia we've come back as club world cup champions which I think he absolutely loves I think hmm. he, he puts a lot of a lot of emphasis on on winning that trophy and having that title and he said it at half time Phil said he said guys remember like don't forget you look at the badge on your shirt you're you're champions of the world keep believing and um yeah the belief that we showed in the second half and you could see that Pep was over the moon with it uh I hope it is a turning point in the season uh well, we've not been we've not been that bad. I, I just think we we've just yeah. the margins are so fine, Moments, and we've not come on yeah. the right side of the margins. But well, should I segue and stick with you, Jordan? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's only a turning point if we finish off the year with three points against Sheffield United. Now we've had plenty of yeah wake up calls. Yeah, just before we're in our last home game, we've we've obviously drawn the last three. So going into this I guess the important thing is to be focused and finish off the year with three points to state the obvious is the main threat complacency or taking Sheffield United too lightly I guess that that's that is always the case when you go into a game against the side you you view as inferior there's no sugar coating how Sheffield United season's gone you know the bottom of the mm. table um they've got a new manager I, I always thought Paul Heckingbottom was a bit of a chancer I spent a lot of time interviewing him when I worked up at BBC Sports Scotland because I was an Edinburgh correspondent and he was Hibernian yeah. manager and he wasn't good enough for them so he definitely wasn't good enough to be a Premier League manager in my view and Chris Wilder I, I thought when they got him in that was a, a wise appointment clearly knows the club very well but it's it's not really been much of a new manager bounce for them so far and you know, they have suffered an absolute gut punch against Luton, losing yeah. that game 3-2. I mean, that if you've got any chance of staying up, you've got to be winning that game, never mind losing at home to Luton. So, yeah, I think they'll actually be quite low on confidence coming to us. It is not a game that they'd really want to, to have after that 
not really much of a chance to bounce back. They'll come and they'll just try and defend. Um, but they're missing a few players, a few of their better players. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we do have to guard against complacency. But if we want to win the league, this is a, mm. a game where you just you pick up three points and you move on. A slight focus because Palace were missing quite a few players. They right? were, Lone, they were, yeah. Like key ones. So one of lost six against the Blades. Uh, McAtee, of course, can't play. Uh, Gustavo Hama Hamer suspended, as is Ahmed Hodzic. <laughs> I'm we'll close to getting that right, then. Yes, I'm going to punch the air <laughs> and uh, give myself a pat on the back. And they've got you know, another couple of players out injured. I guess, Ali, Crystal Palace is still fresh in the mind now. Do you think they're just going to replicate Palace and sit deep? And, well, patience will be needed on fans and the team alike to get through that deep block. Yeah, it's hard to see them playing any other way, really. Uh, I have to say, when we played them away uh, quite early in the season, and it was a really a dirty, grim game, uh, in... In their own way, I was quite impressed with them. You know, they they dug deep mm. really well, and they made it incredibly difficult for us. And I fully expect them to do the same, notwithstanding the fact they've got a, a different manager now. Um, they they've still got Archer going forward, who I, I, I quite rate. But other than that, missing McAtee, missing Hamer is really big for them. It's hard to see where they're getting goals from. Uh, so it, it's one of those that you know, a home game against the bottom team in the league. <laughs> it's not a must-win game because there are no must-win games in December, uh, but it would be hugely embarrassing and hugely worrying if we didn't come away with anything less than three mm. points. Uh, and I'd be, honestly, I'd be hugely surprised if we didn't. Uh, talking to Sheffield United, I will put in a quick uh, additional comment about the Everton game last night that, that I think deserves saying which is given all the pelters we've given him all season. I thought Kyle Walker was really good this week. Uh, I thought he he played very well against Everton, defended well, had a couple of really good driving runs and played some diagonals, uh, three or four absolutely outstanding, perfect diagonals over to Grealish. Uh, so I just wanted to get that in because we, we all know he listens in on his alt. Uh, oh, no back. <laughs> No back hills in your own penalty area this time again. Oh, God, that was that game, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, hopefully he will have learned. And maybe that's another thing. Maybe if he's coming back into a bit of form uh, and getting back on top of his game, maybe he will be feeling a, a bit of residual guilt from the uh, from the first tie against Sheffield United. Uh, and maybe we can expect a barnstormer. Uh, didn't, it, it, I think I'm right in saying just is the only goal Kyle has ever scored for us was against Sheffield United as well, wasn't it? Uh, I think he's, did he score back? one against Newcastle? Uh, he definitely Maybe. scored one against Sheffield United, but I yeah. feel like he scored one against Newcastle as well at home. Maybe he's doing another. If, any, if anyone wants a long odds bet, then that would be a fun one for the weekend. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did well against away to Aston Villa. Am I being overly cautious to expect too much from them, Jordan? They have no clear away clean sheets, conceded at least twice on 14 occasions this season. We shouldn't read too much into the Aston Villa performance. Um, they, yeah, they did it. They did okay. I mean, they they just sat back against Villa and, and took their chance. But as we know, we're quite susceptible to that as well at the moment. So we we do have to be wary that you know they're a Premier League side. They've got some quality, and as um, Ali said, Archer is is a capable forward when presented with opportunities. But I think we just we just got to 
do what title winners do and just steamroll them. Like it, it, it's a mm. game that we have to win. We can't, we can't Must drop win. points in consecutive home games to depleted Crystal Palace and Sheffield United teams. It's just not no. what's done. So you, we can look at their strengths and we can look at what they, they can potentially bring, but hopefully we'll we'll totally nullify it with our quality and our tactical ability from the coach. Like it's it's just a game that we should be winning. The only concern as far as I'm concerned, again, is that we we are lacking in those individualistic attackers at the moment because our best ones are are injured and there will be pressure on Phil to be the creative force of the team. Um Grealish was was really good, I thought, against Everton, by the way. Um yeah. and I think he has been in the in his last sort of five or six games since he came back into the side since Doku's injury. So that takes some of the burden off. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have to just take our chances and, and try and break down that block. But yeah, I'm not I'm not going into this game with worry. I, we can't go into a game like this with worry. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be a very long six months <laughs> until the end of the season. Well, yeah, if you're worrying about this one, then. Uh, Kyle Walker's got six goals for City, by the way. Just for Have you? Oh, yeah. Are you, yeah. Right. Can this be a quiz? Do you know where they're coming from? <laughs> I know. I've I no idea. Song. He Absolutely definitely no scored idea. one away at Copenhagen. Right. Was it Was it Copenhagen? Or were we? Was it a knockout match and... We beat them like five nil. Honestly, you you might as well talk to Wall with my memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're talking to two uh, men of uh, of considerably more advancing years than you, Jordan. Our our brains don't hold that many games going back. Yeah, that long. <laughs> he definitely had the Champions League goal. That, that's what I know. <laughs> I want to say it's Copenhagen. Yeah. Uh... I've got it. I mean, I can look it up on Transfer Market if you want. But now I've got it for from Stat City as well. So thanks for that for the the number. Uh, yeah, he scored. Ah, hang on. No, Club Bruges. Club Bruges. Same go. thing. No, Swansea <laughs> away in the cup. <laughs> Swansea away in the cup. Was that the three-two win? Uh, three-one. It was. Well done. We were well lucky, weren't we? That there's no VAR, obviously, for this game. And <laughs> if, if it's the game I'm thinking of, we got a dodgy penalty. And yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, away to Sheffield United, of course. Uh, home to Southampton, the two-one win in 1920. That's not the Sterling one, is it? It must be. He must have got the first goal in that game. Nah. I think the Sterling one was 17-18. Oh, I like watch it. I think okay. Okay. scored for okay. us in in that game. Uh, Burton Albion in the 9 0 and uh, at home, <laughs> home to Newcastle as well. So. I've got that one. Oh, yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there you go. So, anyway, <laughs> yes, that would be nice if he gets another one. This yeah. He, when he has a shot from f- f- long range, yeah, generally it can be really good. Uh, now, any, anyone want to try and guess the, the side for this? No, Harlan Docky or KDB, of course, though there is a rumour Kevin De Bruyne might be on the bench, but. Zero chance of anyone starting this game, and of those three starting, very unlikely. I would think any of them getting on the yeah. pitch either at any point. So, is there any point picking your potential team? I guess, as always, it kind of picked itself because of those yeah. absent, and it's just and- the back. Walker will start, will he not? And he just yeah. Diaz, I think he's over his illness, so he and with Stones out, it we there's not really that much to speculate over, is there, Ali? 
I mean, I don't know about Diaz and how well he is and whether he'll be fit or or choice. I mean, I would expect a team very like the one that finished against Everton to to mm. play. So I think maybe Kovacic over Nunez. Um, I, I actually think we we looked a bit better after Kovacic came on, and Nunez probably didn't quite have his best game the other night. Uh, but beyond that, there's I mean, there's really not a lot of wriggle room, as they say. We're we're just going to have to put out whichever eleven players we can find who are all fitting well and ready to go. Let's jump to a score prediction then, Ali. Oh, I think it will be comfortable. I think it'll be it'll probably be a, like one nil at half time, but then four nil at the end. Okay, Jordan. I, w- I was going to go for four nil, so I'll go three <laughs> nil. Well, I'll go for three nil as well. Then, yeah, a clean sheet would be nice, definitely. But three points is the important thing, and keep the pressure up. Right, we're almost finished now. We're almost out of time, but just generally, it's the end of the year, of course. The year as a whole, couple of minutes uh, chatting about that and they'll wrap it up. I was feeling nostalgic yesterday, Ali, so I put on our Champions League winning podcast <laughs> with me, <laughs> Stefan and Lloyd, uh, feeling worse for work, groggy after coming back from Istanbul. <laughs> yep. uh, it was Most of it was actually a moan at UEFA, to be fair. <laughs> for about a good 40 of the 90 minutes was a moan at UEFA. <laughs> uh, but what a calendar year. Sum up how it's been for you following City in 2023. It's been incredible. I mean, I I remember uh, we were going into January, February, feeling really mm. quite uncomfortable about everything. We didn't know what our best defence was. We weren't playing that well. Uh, we had, had, had uh, Haaland knocking in goals everywhere, but it still didn't seem like we had the whole package. And then we got through February, March, and everything clicked. And since then, it has just been an absolute, uh, literally a dream. It's the kind of thing that uh, when you're a, a little boy growing up supporting any football team, whoever it might be, you imagine they have the kind of year that we have had this year. Um, I will say, I mean, Champions League is, is kind of like the the like a big spot that needed to be squeezed for many, many, many years and just like feeling feeling that finally yeah. pop was it was a great one. Um but I say of of uh is not the question you asked, but the question I'll answer my one highlight of the year, Gundogan's goal against United in the FA Cup final uh in after twelve seconds is just as good yeah. as it can possibly ever get as a football fan, as a Manchester City fan. Yes, what a fantastic twenty twenty three it has been. And here's to another one in twenty twenty for mm. Jordan what about you and your highlight good idea Ali which I thought of that myself <laughs> I mean I can't get past you're right it is gun down in a way but I can't get past the just the final whistle in, in Istanbul yeah. it's like will be uh, all the, the moment the goal went in itself but probably the final whistle I think will be yeah in part of my uh, consciousness forever in uh, like a few other individual moments over the last 12, 13, 14 years or so. So, uh, Jordan, how was the year for you? Incredible. Just feel like I've completed football, to be honest. I, <laughs> you have. I mean, I, I've yeah. had three once-in-a-lifetime moments following City in the last 15 years. You know, I was in the stadium for the Aguero moment. <clears throat> I was in the stadium for the Gundogan goal. And I was in the stadium for the Rodri goal and the moment where we were crowned Champions League winners for the first time and treble winners. That that Istanbul trip was just unbelievable. Like the highlight of my life, really. Um, I hope my girlfriend's not listening in. And yeah, I mean, the day after we were on a boat trip on the Bosphorus, just a bunch of City fans 
just couldn't believe what we'd witnessed and what the club had achieved. It it doesn't get any better. And I do try and keep it all in perspective because you can't go on winning everything forever as much as we, we want to. Like, it's just impossible. So what we've achieved this year is as close to perfection as we'll ever get. And yeah, the we've highlight had- is, is definitely the moment the Rodri goal went in for me. Like, just the pure elation. It was such a tense yeah. game where yeah. we didn't play at our best. And the the relief at that hit in the back of the net and then the 20 minutes that followed <laughs> was some of the most uh. tense. <laughs> Don't look, at the, tense Don't look at the clock. Don't look oh. at the clock. Don't look at the clock. I just remember that Lukaku chance. It still makes me feel nervous thinking about it now, where, where mm. it hits Diaz's face and goes to the other side of the post. Like We were so far away from it. We had no idea what was happening. We just thought we'd conceded. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what a year. The best it will ever be. We're incredibly lucky. Yeah. Um, we've had a lifetime. To support City. A decade, we've had two lifetimes of experiences, I think, in the last decade. Yeah. I mean, you could spread that out over 50 years and you say, yeah, we've had some good times as a supporter, but the last decade or so has been ridiculous. I mean, the comeback as well, the Villa comeback, you know, just the way things were won as well. To have United in that FA Cup final, uh, amazing. But nothing will beat for me sitting in the car park outside the Ataturk for three hours after the Champions League. <laughs> and I don't think anything ever will again. So, But at least I they mean, had USB ports in, on the bus. So. <laughs> I even managed to miss that. I was with Lloyd and we... we I mean, it doesn't sound the safest, but we, we paid some guys who were selling beer out of the back of their van to take a group of seven of us back to the city centre. So we were back in 45 minutes. So. Oh, brilliant. Well, I had five <laughs> hours to get to the airport to go to another part of Turkey, so... Right. We weren't in a rush, but my God, the organisation, absolute shambles. What could possibly go on at Wembley uh, next year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a year it's been. Uh, Georgia, thank you very much for coming on uh, for the show. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Ali, thank you very much. Thank you and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. Indeed. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year for me as well to everyone. And thanks for your support and thanks for listening, everyone. Loads more coming. We're going to make it bigger and better every single year we do this podcast. We will have a, I think we're pretty sure we're doing a podcast that reviews the calendar year. And I've already written a blog and it'll be a monologue as well of the year. So review of the year is coming, plus obviously review of the Sheffield United match and tons, tons more coming. just in the next couple of weeks and throughout 2024 so thanks for your support take care everyone have a great weekend have a great new year's eve stay safe and as always up the blues